this is a really good place to work where you know we're busy enough we're small enough that uh, that everybody knows everybody and and it's um, it's a good place to work Enchanted Sky Media 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 Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on Code 3. You know how we're always asking you to send us feedback about the show? Well, one fan did just that, and he asked that we get his town's fire chief on as a guest. Listener Jared sent us an email about Fire Chief Chris Whitehawk of the Rockland, Maine Fire Department. So we reached out to Chief Whitehawk and he agreed to be a guest today. Chris is a young guy and he's been the chief for about a year and a half now. And he rose through the ranks to get there. Chief Chris Whitehawk, thanks for joining me on Code 3 today. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, Rockland is a small city. I see its population is just over 7,000. Is this a career department or is it volunteer? Uh, it's a combination. So, we have uh, 18 full-time uh, career members, and then we have a call division force that's paid on call that consists of about 10. Does that work well for you guys? Um, I think it, it works as well as it can. Um, obviously, I, I think every fire department um, would love to have more members uh, in-house and on the rigs, but um, I think I think for, for the size that we are and uh, in the location that we're at, um, we, we definitely make it work and, and thankfully have, have a lot of good mutual aid companies around us that, uh, that help out and, and we help out them as well, so... Speaking of mutual aid, I noticed from a video I saw that you guys seem to have some pretty beefy apparatus for a small department. I've seen video of Truck 3, and that's a big dual axle unit. How do you guys uh, support having heavy gear like that for a small town? Well, um... Thankfully, the the previous fire chief, uh, Chief Charlie Jordan, uh, was able to to essentially promote to the city that the need for it, and uh, and it it definitely replaced an an aging uh, Maxim ladder truck that um, had had seen its fair share of fire over the years. But um, we we were at a point where. Um, we were looking around at other departments, other mutual aid departments, and, and kind of wanted to, to have some um, some variety and, and some adaptability when it came to different aerial apparatus. And uh, with Knox County only having three trucks in in service, ours being one of them, um, we're the only uh, tower, uh, bucket-mounted tower in the county. And it, it definitely uh, supported uh, the variety uh, when it comes to responses. But a lot of our downtown uh, area has has um, four and five story commercial buildings that um, definitely uh, allow us to to have the room to set it up. And and our, our men and women are, are trained well to to be able to support that truck. So sounds like you've got that worked out pretty well. So what challenges do you face running a small city department? Well, I think uh, just 
probably like most other departments um funding is is short um we you know we have uh we have um a slowly decreasing population in the area um but our call volume uh seems to be consistent with the service center that we are um you know we we i think i don't want to say depend on mutual aid but um we definitely are, are appreciative of the towns around us uh, because we just can't handle the, the calls that we used to. Um, typically, I would say probably 10, 15 years ago, a, a true first alarm assignment for a building fire, um, you know, we could handle with the duty shift and then any off-duty members coming in. And nowadays, you know, with rapid intervention, um, you know, building construction and, and things such as that, we we definitely see the need to to have more um but not being able to afford more is is you know we have to kind of adapt and uh, do more with less and i also think too is as we go further into you know into budgets and and um and you know further down the line in years it's it's harder to you know to come up with the the monies that are needed to repair and replace apparatus that we have now so um i see that being a challenge you know the fiscal challenge um i think for this department specifically we're going to have a lot of um turnover in our officers and chief officer positions in the next 5 years um we currently have uh seven officers and within the next 5 years um five of them are actually going to be retiring uh so uh succession planning has been big um training the the up and coming senior guys and and the the men and women that are ready to take on that role and responsibility is is it's a challenge but um i think it's uh, something that we're handling fairly well at this point all right, we'll come back to that in just a moment, but I wanted to ask before we get too far away from it, when you guys have a first alarm response, what is that for your department and can you fill it all out yourselves? Sure, yeah, um, a first alarm, um, so essentially any reported building fire or smoke in the building um, gets the duty crew, which uh, on a good day when everybody's here is is uh, six plus myself, um, and that includes the response from uh, Tower Three, what we talked about a little while ago, um, our squad, which is our first two engine company, and the um, the ambulance, the frontline ambulance for the day, and uh, and then myself in, in the command vehicle. Um, we, I think initially we fill out the role well, um, we fill out the call well, but, uh, we also on, on the first alarm have, uh, our neighbors from Rockport Fire Department, uh, coming in with two engines, um, to back us up as well as, um, Camden Fire Department who responds, uh, with their aerial device as our rapid intervention team. So, um, like I said before, things that we used to be able to cover on our own, uh, we're just finding that, that that's, really not options at this point so um that's that's who we ask to help us and in return we do the same for them so tell me a little about that history what did you guys used to have versus what you have now and is has it been a budget issue that's caused the cuts um well thankfully we've we've um, been able to add staff since I've been here I started in 1999 and uh, we were able through uh, different EMS contracts for towns around us we were able to to hire a couple of um of EMS only positions that 
um, staff the ambulance, but also that, you know, frees up a, a fire and EMS person to be able to, um, to operate on a fire scene uh, if the ambulance is out. Um, but I think overall the biggest change for us, um, really hasn't, hasn't involved the, the financial piece. It's, it's actually been the volunteer side of things. Um, when I first started, we had a call division that consisted of roughly maybe 25 members. Um, and I would say, uh, a large majority of them were, were well trained, uh, had been around a while. They were definitely dedicated to, to the city and, and to the department. And just like everywhere else, we've, we've seen a huge decline in, in volunteers. Um, our, the towns around us as well are, are suffering. Um, and I'd say they're suffering worse than we are because we're fortunate to have that full-time staff. Uh, but having, you know, having that call division drop from, you know, from 25 to, you know, actually I think the number today is nine, um, call division members that we have, um, that's, that's definitely made us, uh, the chief officers kind of get together and come up with, with other plans involving mutual aid that we didn't have to before. So. So recruiting is definitely an issue. How is retention once you get these guys all trained? Um, I think we've been pretty consistent with with the call division that we've had here for you know a few years. Um, you know, we the the members on the call division are definitely um, definitely valuable and 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 priceless as far as I'm concerned. Um, the full time members we've had a slight turnover, um, you know, down at the at the bottom end of the ranks. Uh, but I, I think that's probably consistent with most other places. So I think once we once we get the members here, whether it's the call division or full time, um, get the training that they need. Uh, this is a, this is a really good place to work. Where you know we're busy enough, we're small enough that uh, that everybody knows everybody, and and it's um, it's a good place to work. And and I think people re- once they get here and 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 see how it goes and see who they're working with, um, it's kind of hard to leave. And so we're fortunate on that end. And I wanted to ask about that also. You've been there since 99. You obviously love that job. What do you love about working for that department? Oh, I think we definitely have support from from the uh, from the citizens at Rockland. Um, we we consistently are thanked for you know for the job that we do, and and I think the the level of of um, of professionalism here within the department is is second to none as far as I'm concerned. And you know people people here. Uh, love the job. They want to do well. They want to, you know, treat people kindly. They want to respond and help people out. And and I think that's that's the draw that that has always kept me here. And and I know others would say the same. So now we've gone through why you're there. So how about the future? What are your goals for this department? Um, I think to continue to carry on the professionalism that that has that has been here um well before I started uh, I think is 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 a is definitely a key to to our longevity and and our success um we you know like I said looking at secession planning and 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 the turnover in the next 5 to 6 years um is is definitely something that that I'm focused on. Um, obviously, you know the members that have been here and, and put their 25 years in and, and leave. You know they leave with a lot of institutional knowledge that I'm trying to harness. Um, you know through different you know different uh, trainings um, where we've 
starting to institute um, a little bit more technology into our responses with iPads and laptops that is just another way to, to get that information out of the uh, retiring people's head and, and, and into something that some of the new people coming in, you know, may not get to see, but at least they'll they'll know that somebody saw it and it's documented somewhere, so... Well, it sounds like you may have a tough climb there if you're going to lose, what did you say, five all roughly at the same time. And I'm curious how how you're going to replace all those people at once. Well, thankfully, that's not at once. It's They seem to be pretty consistent in that, you know, I would say, Every year we're going to lose. We're going to lose one, if not two. That makes you know, it a little easier then. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it allows us to to at least to to be able to plan ahead, and and I think that's a big key. And having the the guys and girls that are you know looking for those promotions, they they know they're coming. Um, they you know they keep up on their studies and their training, and and I think a lot of it does um, fall back on the individual that's looking to get promoted. I mean, there is definitely some uh, some self worth and some self guidance that that you have to have to to be able to be an officer, and and that shows in their work ethic and their training and and the schoolings that they take. So a lot does fall back on the individual, but it also, you know, the department as well to be able to, um, you know, to guide them in the right direction and bring them up the right way. Sounds like you have things well in hand. Chris Wytock, thanks for being with us today on Code 3. All right. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. And, of course, there are links to more information about Rockland Fire and Chief Y Talk on our website, code3podcast.com slash rockland. Check them out if you'd like to know more. Now here's Holly. Thanks, Scott. If you enjoy listening to Code 3, let us know. Or maybe you have a guest suggestion. We'd love to hear it. In fact, if you have some criticism, we'll take that too. Just as Chief Bruno would have said, be nice. You can email us at code3podcast at gmail.com or call 928-985-0530 and leave a message. We're listening, so give us your feedback. And that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'm Scott Orr, and until next time, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.